I want everybody to hear this. Do not edit this out. <laughs> she said, Kathy, whatever you do, be an educated horse mom, not an uneducated horse mom. <laughs> Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. Hey, Rob, like always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Exhibitors. Oh, we love Exhibitors. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. This week, we'd like to feature their Quick Braid. Quick Braid is your go-to finishing product for all types of styling or training for your horse's mane and tail. You can train stand-up manes and tail to lie flat. Best of all, quick braid combs right out without washing, allowing easier mane and tail care for days after any event. The formula is designed especially for show ring results and is superior to using water or human styling product alternatives. They recommend using quick shampoo and quick conditioner prior to styling with quick braid. Yeah, that's some awesome stuff. Well... You know, I'm the I'm a terrible braider, Karen, so that's why I'm not allowed to touch this stuff. <laughs> right. Even this will help me out. So. <laughs> but I've used it. It's great stuff. Awesome, awesome. So thank you very much, exhibitors. We sure do appreciate it. And uh, get your exhibitors pretty much anywhere. You know, go on exhibitors' website, your local tech shop. It's pretty much everywhere, right, Karen? Yep. And like they say, groom like you mean it. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, They have tons of of great products out there. Mm -hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. TripleCrownFeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It TripleCrownFeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. Equilum. Yeah, so Equilum is the world leader in the research and development of lighting solutions that maximize the horse's health, performance, and overall well-being. The Equilum stable lights and cash shell light masks are game changers for performance horses. By replicating natural sunlight and allowing them to receive the optimum level of biologically effective light, whether they are stabled, at grazing, or traveling to competition, the scientifically developed Equilim lighting products support the horse's body clock, positively influencing mood and behavior while helping to maintain muscle tone, strengthen immunity, and ensure a sleek and shiny coat, Karen. Wow. Do you know who else uses Equilim? Who else, Karen? The USCA Rider of the Year, Liz Halday Sharp. I love Liz. So she told us about her experience using the products by saying... We used the Equilume Stable Lights and Cashel Light Mask on De Niro in the run-up to Tryon and during our stay there. I have to say, it's the most outstanding he has ever felt on the last day. I think if a horse is getting good light, resting well, and feeling their best, it's only going to help them perform better and feel better. Absolutely. So learn more, Karen, at Equilume.com. Equilume.com. R&J Equine Kinetics is a full-service conditioning, training, and rehabilitation center providing a unique program tailored to each individual horse's needs. Yeah, some of the services they provide, they have a water treadmill, a cold saltwater spa, vibrating floor, equine massage, vet-administered class for laser treatments. They provide educational tours, individualized feeding programs for your horse, round-the-clock attention. They also offer trailer-in services, equine transportation, and a limousine service. And some of the examples for the use of their equipment are for horses experiencing poor performance, nameless, and gait abnormalities, horses needing to improve fitness and strength before competition season, a way to balance asymmetries and rebuild muscle after atrophy, and returning to training after surgery, trauma, or injury, or prehabilitation. And learn more about RNJ Equine Kinetics at RNJ Equine on Facebook and EQKNETX.com. That's EQKNETX.com 
or RJ Equine. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, super excited for today's Major League oh, yeah. podcast. Today we have, um, uh, we're very big fans of this person, Karen. She's mm-hmm. a five-star rider. She's a trainer. She does it all. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been, uh, um, she has a YouTube channel. She does she plays the drums. She's the best <laughs> ever. So uh, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Kathy Weishaw. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. I was so excited you guys asked me to be on the show. Yeah, All right. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We're excited to have yeah. you. Um, so uh, before we get started, um, we always like to know, it looks like you're outside and you got some beautiful yeah, sky beautiful behind skies. you. Where, where are you at? Where are you coming to us from? Well, I'm at Carriage Station Farm in Lexington, Kentucky. And um, it's an amazing facility, 92 acres. We have a 21-stall barn. Um, a lot of UK students board with us. A lot of professional people board with us to train with me. And it's just, uh, and I'm so excited about my cross-country schooling course, which I've developed over the last few years. And, um, and it's like getting a lot of attention right now because one of the Spring Bay just happened uh, uh, like three weeks ago, and the next big event in Area Eight is May Days, and I've got a lot of people showing up to school my cross country, and I'm I'm just really excited about the farm and and how great it all is here. It's oh, awesome. Oh, that nice. is awesome. That is very awesome. nice. We'll get a little more into that a little yes, later too. Yes, so we we'll will. Hear all about the farm because yeah. we love to hear that, and it's it's great when there's good facilities for yeah. training. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into all that, Kathy, can you take us back? And tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing. Okay, so uh, actually, I got my start in riding because my mom um, loved horses. And she actually grew up in the Finger Lakes area of Canandaigua, New York. And she rode um, Western and um, did, you know, a lot of rodeo stuff. And uh, she just loved horses. And then she... Um, I think got out of it for a bit. And then when she married my dad, who they both went to Cornell University and the fire of the horses never left her. And when we moved to, and so I was raised actually moving every two years of my life um, because my dad was career Navy. When we were in Florida uh, was when we first, that I remember uh, had horses and we rode Western at the time because there was no, um, that's what she did. And then we moved to Ireland. And when we moved to Ireland was when she started riding English because there wasn't any Western riding there. So I actually started Pony Club when I was nine or eight or nine years old uh, at the Root Hunt Pony Club in Northern Ireland. And that's where I first started riding. And then we moved back to Maine. Uh, my dad got transferred to Maine and I joined or we joined the Penobscot Pony Club. And I rode in my first uh, actual competition at elementary level um, when I was 10 years old. And it's an interesting story because a lot of people have done a lot of different things with their horses uh, in their careers. But I literally have only ever done eventing. I never, never did. I mean, I started in a Western saddle, but then I just um, stayed with eventing. And and um, that's all I ever did. I didn't really come from the hunter jumper world to eventing or from the Western world to eventing. That's all I ever did. So, hmm. and that was when my, my first event was in 1971. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. So now how did you progress from there? Like, you know, you started in 71. How did well, you it was interesting. Uh, Pony club was a great, um, av- it was a, a great community for us because um, like my mom got us involved in the, the, like I said, in pony club, I belonged to five pony clubs in my life. Um, and it was a community every time we would move from, you know, one location to another. So we came from Ireland to Maine and then from Maine, we went to Virginia. So I was with the Penobscot pony club in Maine. And then I was with the princess Anne hunt pony club in Virginia. And then we went to Texas 
And that was the Corpus Christi Pony Club. And then we went to California and that was the Redwoods Pony Club. And then I came to Kentucky and that was the Keeneland Pony Club. Mm -hmm. And so the Pony Club was uh, an out. I mean, I still love Pony Club. I just literally signed a contract to teach for the festival um, this year that's happening at the horse park. Um, Pony Club was an amazing community. And back in the day, one of the main sports was just eventing was one of their big sports is probably as well as maybe show jumping or, I mean, they branched out into, I don't know how many sports now, but, um, but that was our kind of lifeline and community to have a connection every time we moved from, like I said, from Maine to Virginia, to Texas, to California and back to Kentucky. So, wow. Wow. You know, I never thought about that for people that move a lot, the the benefits of I mean, yeah. we love yeah. Pony Club, our our family, our kids Pony Club mm-hmm. uh, growing up and uh so I Yeah, never thought and about it's that. yeah, it's it's just it is I mean the avenues that open for you and like uh, now they do so many other, you know, um now I don't want to say professions but other avenues of uh, you know, horse management and teaching and everything else, but it's just a great community that anywhere you go you could look up a pony club and it's going to be there and you have a horse community to be involved in yeah. so it's pretty cool yeah, and it's it so is. standardized that you really going from exactly one to the other you don't right. miss a beat right You're not like yeah you don't miss a beat exactly yeah, right. yeah. I, bet, yeah. I bet they were happy to have you too as you came in from all these different clubs and you know it's kind of like you were like almost like a full-time scramble <laughs> rider <laughs> They, I know they were happy to have me at Keeneland Pony Club because I just gotten my A, you know, the A rating, which was a ex- very exclusive, um, you know, rating to get. Yeah. And that was back when I was one of the first uh, pony clubbers when they divided the, the to the HA versus the total A. So the HA was horse mastership. And then the A, the other part of it was the A was the riding. And um and I was one of the first people that took that exam. Um, but when I came here to Kentucky, I was an A pony clubber. I competed in the 1979, now you're dating me here, <laughs> 1979 and 1980 National Pony Club rallies. Um, I have to say I won both of those. Uh, but I was a member of the Keeneland Pony Club at that time. And that was, you know... <clears throat> Young Riders was a big thing also. And um, I have this kind of standing joke with Karen O'Connor because I thought I was one of the first people to ride at Kentucky Horse Park. And we came from California as as a B team, actually. So I was a B-rated pony clubber and rode in 1977 at the National Pony Club Rally. And uh, she actually rode in 1976 as a member of the Young Rider team at the Kentucky Horse Park. But um, but it was just, um, you know, it was such a community uh, of being able to, um, you know, and the, that A Pony Club rating was a big deal. And competing as an individual A, I don't, a lot of people don't know this, and that's why I love this, is that back then, as an individual A, there were five uh, um, disciplines. So you had, not only did you have the dressage, cross country and show jumping, but you were judged also on your teaching ability and your stable management. So there were six and, um, and judging confirmation. So, I mean, and so to win that, you know, two years in a row was an amazing accomplishment for me. And like I said, I came here to Keeneland Pony Club as an A Pony Clubber and competed at the National Pony Club Rally in 1979 and 1980 as a member of Keeneland Pony Club and won those two years in a row, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that was an avenue um, that if you, you know, Young Riders was a big deal, but I didn't have the horse. Um, I just didn't have the horse that competed at that level. And so my focus was to um, to go for the gusto with the Pony Club. So it was all good. That's awesome. And here yeah. you are still, still giving back to pony club and. Oh yeah. I mean, I probably not as much as I should, but um, yeah, I do teach some meetings some of the time and, uh, and I'll, every time they do festival um, pretty much I'm there unless I'm 
involved doing something else and can't be there. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. cool. And shout out to Pony Club. They just released their very first podcast. Oh, so the United yeah. States Pony Club right. just started a podcast. Oh, cool. I'll have to go check that yeah. out because yeah. I yep. did not know that. <laughs> yeah. They just had on uh, their very first episode. They had the CEO and the president, I think is who it is on the show. So pretty cool. Check it out. So best of luck to those guys over there. Hopefully uh, they have a lot of success with that. We, obviously, podcast is a, a great way to get the message out for sure so right and yeah. we need we need more people in pony club so now how did you go on progress now here you are a young adult you know you have your a did you intentionally go to become a, a professional rider did you go to college how did this all transpire okay so the whole college thing my mom always told me i want everybody to hear this do not edit this out <laughs> <laughs> she said kathy whatever you do be an educated horse bomb not an uneducated horse bomb <laughs> And so uh, one, one of the big things in my family was that we got a college education. And it was so I was living in California at the time. And my brother is a year older than I was. And he had gone to uh, New York State because when you're in the military, um, where your father is from is where your like home your home state is. So that's where you can get in-state tuition instead of going somewhere else and paying out-of-state tuition. So my brother had left the nest, so to speak. Um, I was getting ready to leave the nest and my dad got transferred to Belgium. And I was like, I I was like 19 years old, just graduated from from high school, was in a junior college program because I wasn't sure what I was doing. And my parents essentially left me and went to Belgium. (laughs) And my sister uh, was a year younger and she ended up with a family in Fresno, California. And she never left California. She married a guy there in college and they have a family and it's all good. But but I um, really knew and this is not dissing the West Coast, but (laughs) I just want to say that I I wanted to be sorry. I knew that I wanted to be further east. And so. I had contacted uh, Carolyn Trevoranis, who was riding in the uh, 1978 World Championships. And she and and it was all about, could I come be a working student and still go to school? And she had offered me a position. And so I was planning on going there. So my mom was a huge volunteer um, for all of eventing. She actually was a technical delegate and she you know, was very interested in helping people. So she had met Edith Conyers, who was the director of the 1978 World Championships here in Kentucky. She had met her in 1977. And she said, wherever I am in the world, I'll come back and help you and be your kind of gopher person. So how it all transpired was I was in California. My parents were in Belgium. Um, And they left me there with the business. My mom taught, you know, taught riding and stuff like that. So they left me there with business that my mom had kind of developed. So I kind of took that over for six to eight months. My mom came back to, um, to California, picked me up with the horse trailer and the dog and the horse. And we drove to Kentucky. And so we stayed at Edith Conyers farm during that summer and I was planning to go to Carolyn Trevoranis's place after the world championships. And she was riding on the team for the United States. Well, she had a fall in show jumping and that's how the rule came about. You have to have a harness uh, on your hat for show jumping. Cause she, when the horse fell, I don't remember all the circumstances, but the rail came down and hit her on her head. Oh. Oh and so unfortunately she was seriously hurt, and um, and at the and and at that moment, all of a sudden, Kathy had nowhere to go. <laughs> so my mom talked to Edith, and Edith said, "Oh yeah, sure, she can stay here, you know, in Kentucky." And so I stayed at Edith's farm, and that's essentially how I ended up staying in Kentucky. And um, and then, like I said, I was, uh, you know, with associated with Keeneland Pony Club. And I taught lessons with, you know, a lot of the kids. And that's how I started developing my business, as well as going to Eastern Kentucky University and getting my college degree. Wow. <laughs> so how about yeah. that? 
Now, wow. fast forward. Ultimately, you rode at Kentucky and and, yep. and Burley. Can you tell us a little bit about yep. that? Well, it was really cool because um, my mom, you know, living in Belgium, and then my dad got transferred to England, and they had a nice little farm. And uh, um, one thing I don't want to miss out on. Edith Conyers um, sort of sponsored my first advanced horse. And uh, so we kind of split the expenses. So he was the first horse that I was able to actually, I flew over to England and rode him at the British Open Championships and Rotherfield. Um, I don't know what it would be now, maybe a four-star, maybe not a five-star. Um, so that was my first uh, experience at international competition. But I've always been really lucky because my parents lived over there every time I did international competition. So I was able to kind of fly my horse and my, you know, friend or my mom's friend would pick me up with Lori at the airport and, you know, take my horse to the farm. And, um, and then we would train and, um, and go do the competition. So Chessie system was the first advanced horse in the mid eighties that I was lucky enough to take to England and compete advanced. And then you know, all you people listening out there, you know, it was, well, 85 or 86, it was 10 years later um, that I got my next horse, uh, which was Spelgadam, who did the first, I rode her at the first four-star, uh, now five-star at Kentucky, and then um, was able to take her to England and compete her at Burley, and then subsequently took uh, Westlord to Burley. We didn't have uh, as as good a time as I did with um with Spelga Dam, but um but yeah it was an amazing ride for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And yeah. ten year span between like the, the big advance run and then being able to go well exactly. Yeah. And and people and kids and the money, you know, it's like, you know, unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth or you get and it's always a catch twenty two. You've got to be good enough to get the attention of someone that might want to sponsor you. Right. But to get the attention of someone that wants to sponsor you, you have to have the money to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. so I've been very lucky. And I just want to give a shout out uh, also to the American Horse Trials Foundation. Um, I don't know if anyone else on the podcast have talked about this, but no. that was the only avenue that I had to. It's an organization that you guys should have someone on. I'm just telling you, um, you should have someone from the American Horse Trials do a podcast because They've set up an, um, an organization that allows you to uh, solicit tax-deductible contributions because you're working towards uh, an Olympic sport. And, um, and so that was the avenue that I was able to use. I learned really quickly how to ask for money, even though you think you don't deserve it. And it's a really hard thing to do. Uh, but it's so cool when so many people really want to support you and it's down to the $5 and the $10 and then someone's going to give you 10,000 to help you run your horses uh, to get to the level that you want to do. And, and the American Horse Trials Foundation was the reason that I was able to compete at the upper levels for so long. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's a great yeah. shout out. Yeah, that well, is. If Kathy says to do something, yeah. you do it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look for that coming right. soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you really need to do that. Yeah. Because wow. there's a lot of kids that I've tried to say, hey, guys, if you get qualified, the young, it's easier for the young riders. If you're an adult rider, but you're trying to do the same thing, it, you have to, you know, there's certain qualifications, but like I said, it, um, it was my avenue to being able to compete at the upper levels. Yeah. It was pretty cool. How about that? Yeah. yeah. And then your mayor, your, she went on to like do some breeding, right? Well, yeah, it was so funny. Um, so she did Burley and, um, and then I bring her out the next year and I've lost track of the years, but uh, she's like, she's like whinnying and horses in the warm up, And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> Kate, you have never been in heat. I've never known you to be emotional. It's like, what's going on? And, and she was like, I'm done competing. Uh, and I, and I talked to uh, Bruce Davidson and it was at Foxhall and, uh, and it was a three-star then probably the four-star now. Sorry for going back and forth. I'm, I'm old school. I can't get my head around the upper level, but the, the next level up with the stars. But it was really so funny because I, I, uh, Jack Lagoff actually, 
and I said this before we even started, how many people know who Jack LaGoff is? And Jack LaGoff um, uh, helped me with her and did a cl- we did some clinics in, in Arizona. Um, and he was like, that mayor, you need to breed this mayor because she's just like amazing. And uh, so that had stuck in the back of my mind. And then I knew that Bruce Davidson did a lot of breeding and he had Lion King and Lust and and so I had talked to him and I said, you know, at some point when this mayor isn't going to compete anymore, maybe, you know, she needs to have some babies. And so literally at Foxhall, when she's whinnying and horses in the, in the warm up for dressage, and I'm like, what are you doing, Kate? You never do this. And then she she was never a very good show jumper, but she was a little erratic on the cross country. And I always could count on her cross country. I was like, but uh, Bruce, I think it's time. And can, and so I literally sent her home from Foxhall with Bruce Davidson to go ahead and try to breed her. So it took him a while because she was 14 years old at the time. I had her from, from age seven to 14. So she was 14 years old. And so that's a long, you know, for mares that haven't been bred, it's just like getting her to cycle correctly yeah. and everything. So they actually did get her in full to Lion King. And she had little Simba, who I named Simba. So, um, so cute. And, and he was, he was an amazing little guy, but he was like too lazy and too short and didn't want to go to the upper levels. I wrote him at, uh, I took him one intermediate. I mean, he was amazing, you know, just to, to be around and he was just an awesome horse, but very good jumper, very level-headed, just like Kate. Uh, but you know, the one time I took him intermediate, I was like, okay, you got this. And he was like grunting over these big tables. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we got to the second, to the last fence. And this is a rocking horse. And it was a corner and he ran out. And I was like, he never did that. And he dumped me on my butt oh. and I've never fallen off of him before. <laughs> and, and I said, I got up and I said, okay, I get it. You don't want to go intermediate. So I took him back to Poplar the next weekend where he, you know, got a 21 on the, you know, one star, what now two star test. And, you know, I think he won or was second in, in the division. And then I sold him as a, as a perfect young rider horse, but it was actually interesting. Just another point that I want to bring up. You can edit it if you don't want to, but, um, it was, I see a lot of these horses that are, um, you know, they're like, this is going to get your young rider where it needs to go. And then it gets transferred to the next kid and it gets transferred to the next kid. And I just really didn't want that for, because he was such a good horse. So I ended up selling him to a very good friend of mine, had a kid, you know, very good friend trainer had a kid and he was like starting back at beginner, novice, novice and training. And kind of that's where he went because I knew we would have a home for life instead of getting passed on and on and on. So, um, and then, um, and then, uh, Jackie Mars, um, talked to me and she took Kate and bred her three times. She had three babies and none of them ever evented very well. I think the rest of them have been fabulous fox hunters. And, um, and then the last time she had the baby, she was, she struggled a lot. And so then I brought her back to the farm and, uh, retired her, um, retired her here at the farm. And, uh, and now I'm just thinking I've, I've, um, the horse that didn't go to Burley, but, um, was Ocotillo. And he was another amazing horse that I was able to ride, um, at, at Kentucky and got the opportunity to, to ride him. And he was, you know, the RRP is a, a huge, you know, thing in my life of retired racehorse. And, uh, and he had been found in a pen and the Tracy and, uh, Bobby Hewlett found him and, and, and I'm sitting on the bank, uh, of the O'Connor's arena and watching somebody try this horse. And I think one of mine had just gone lame or whatever. And I was out of the upper level horses and Karen kind of elbows me and says, you should buy this horse. And I'm like, (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, Karen, for telling me while I'm watching somebody try this horse. <laughs> so he was a he was an amazing, uh, amazing uh, horse. He came from a feedlot in Louisiana or Texas mm. and went to the five star level and uh, was an amazing animal. And he retired also. And it was so cute because he went to 
when I retired him from competing, he went to back to the um, that Holly Hill farm in Louisiana. And then uh, they contacted me and said, he's not saying stay in sound much more. Can we send him back to Kentucky? Because uh, my 92 acre farm in Kentucky has a 30 acre field with like lush grass and that most people would, you know, die for to have their horses turned out on it. So I brought him back to Kentucky where he retired and, uh, and, um, was, uh, you know, loved for the rest of his life. It's pretty cool. That is awesome. Love it. Well, it's definitely nice to hear. Yeah. Kathy's definitely listened to the horses. You, 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 uh, Oh yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so funny that the mayor was like, all of a sudden wagging her tail feathers a little bit. I know. Right? I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's funny. It's like, all right, yeah, I, I get the hint. When she was in heat. I think mean, she's like, yeah, that was pretty, pretty amazing. That's funny. So, so tell us a little bit about the current business now today. What are you doing? It seems like you're into, you have a lot going on. So what do you have there? Yeah, it's so fun. I love this. Um, um, so I'm not competing much anymore. Um, uh, I will take a young horse that I have worked myself and developed um, and go to some competitions. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I say kind of, I've been there, I've done that. And uh, you know, if it's 30 degrees, I don't want to be braiding my horse and trying to get it to uh, you know, the dressage ring. And, and if it's 95 degrees, I don't want to be doing that either. Cause I've been there and done that. <laughs> And uh, the other thing, the thing that really made me kind of switch off on the competing was um, I do a lot of uh, thoroughbreds off the track now. And, um, and I, I mean, the first thoroughbred, I couldn't tell you the first thoroughbred I did off the track, but one of the first ones I remember was when I first came here to Kentucky and, um, and I do a lot of natural horsemanship with them. I really, uh, uh, when I trained with David and Karen O'Connor for a very long time, David really took on the Pirelli uh, method of natural horsemanship. There's a lot of people out there and they all have good things to say, but the reason David really took it on was because Pat Pirelli was so succinct in being able to educate the layman and how you do this every single step. And so that's why he took it on, which is why I took it on. And, uh, so I do a lot of natural horsemanship with, um, with, with, I mean, I just start everything with on the rope in a rope halter and, you know, they walk, trot, canter, jump, and I ride them all in a rope halter. I mean, even Simba, I was like, Oh, so that was Kate's baby. I need to put a bridle on before I do his first event because he would do everything without a bridle. Um, but one of the things that happened to me was a, a young horse of mine, a title contender, uh, Sheldon, um, he had gotten injured and it took him a, you know, recovery and everything. So he goes back to his first event and my groom was like getting him ready for me. And he was a little worried and a little nervous. And as soon as I got there, he kind of took a breath and said, Oh, here's Kathy, here's my person. And I felt like I wasn't able to give him the time because I was so busy running to coach someone on, on the flat or, you know, cross country warm up or show jumping warm up. And I was like, this isn't fair to these horses that I can't be a hundred percent present for them when they are at their first competitions. So yeah. And the dogs are barking. <laughs> That's okay. And, uh, so, um, so that kind of made me kind of take a step back and say, it's not as important that I actually compete them. And I want to make these horses up that, so I'll take them to competitions, but I might not ride them. Uh, they'll go as a non-compete because I think that's really, really important. Um, so that kind of made me, you know, take a step back. And I just love training the young horses, doing the natural horsemanship with the off the track thoroughbreds. And I love teaching people and that seems to be kind of my main focus now. And it's not that I wouldn't do it, but you know, everything happens for a reason and everything happens in a time. And so, okay, guys, it's not about you, it's about me. All right. Just saying. So did that kind of answer your question? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then you go around, you do clinics too. Yeah, I do clinics. I don't do as many as I'd like to. Um, 
but um, I think that I just need to put myself out there more. Here because it is. With the clinics, the clinics I've done are like everybody loves me, and uh, the the thing about clinics is it's a little frustrating um, in a sense because you want to give so much more time than you have, and yeah. you see what might be going on that you could help with, and you only have a short window of time to try to help somebody. Right. But that doesn't mean I won't go out there and teach clinics. Um, the one thing that I'm really loving to do is course design. Um, and I've uh, gotten licensed as a large art course designer so I can design up to uh, intermediate level uh, cross-country courses and uh, large art show jumping course design. And and I just love that because when I go do the courses and I walk and I was telling this to someone when I walk the courses, I can feel it. I've ridden so many horses and so and jumped so many jumps. I can feel it in my body what this is going to feel like, like when you're approaching it or if the horse looks at it or, you know, and, and when I'm setting the jumps, I know I might drive some of them crazy, but I'm like, it's like got to be two inches back. Okay. That's perfect. You know, as far as setting everything. And I re- literally had someone um, the other day uh, come up to me at a course that I'd done. And they were like, Kathy, I just look and see what courses that you're designing. And those are the courses that I go to because my horses get better as they go around the course. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Wow. So that's, that's a really fun uh, kind of, you know, new not new because i've been doing it since uh for 10 or 12 or more years but um but i really do love the course design gotcha yeah. and then awesome. the course design that's rolling into you mentioned earlier about your your schooling field at home yeah exactly and the, and then i'm like i gotta get out here and move my jumps you know so <laughs> let me just move this because people come you know they pay a fee to come school and um and i'm and i'm like you know, the ground's getting torn up because they use that same jump to warm up every time. And so I just move things around and, and then I'm like, I really like where I put that log or I really like where I put that. So seems to work. So well, it seems like that fun. would be a cool place for you yeah. to like, uh, test out lines and stuff too. Do you ever do it like that? Do you ever like test out something? you're going to Yes to no, but I actually enjoy when they, when, uh, like, uh, Philip Dutton has come here to teach and, uh, um, Lillian Hurd has come here and um, the, a couple other people, uh, Holly Bennett and um, Doug Payne. And it's kind of fun for me to go watch what they come up with, with what I've set. I was like, oh, I never thought about doing it that way. So it's kind of, that's really fun, too, yeah. to have them. I haven't moved the jumps. They've just taking, you know, what jumps are there and creating a different exercise out of them, which is which is also really fun to watch them. How yeah. That's very cool. And yeah. then you also have uh, just mentioned the, uh, the YouTube. Mm, so you've been yeah. really knocking out yeah. the part of your YouTube. Yeah, the one minute with Kathy. Yeah, so this Kathy. whole YouTube fun. thing. Yeah. So one day I was in the arena and I was, someone could not shorten their stirrups without taking their foot out of the stirrup. And I was like, okay, I learned that in Pony Club when I was, you know, two. No, maybe I was 10 years old or 11 years old. But that was, so I was like, I told him, I said, surely to God, there's a video on YouTube that shows you how to do this. And then I was walking up the hill with Jess one day. Uh, she was riding. We were both on our horses. And I was like, Jess, just stop right there. Here, just film this. And so I just hashtagged it one minute with Kathy. And this is how you shorten your stirrups. And then I would just kind of got on a roll. This is how you tie a hay net up. This is how you do this. And this is how you clean your tack. And Look at all this, you know, check your stitching. And I, I mean, I think there's over a hundred of them out there. And um, and then uh, a good friend of mine helped me kind of re-language how to put them out so they got more views and how to tag them. Um, and so I don't do one every day, uh, but I will think of it. And I'll, like I've done some at like when I was at Virginia Horse Trials or when I was at... Um, you know, River Glen, this is how, this is how you can fix the footing in front of a jump, <laughs> whatever comes to me. Yeah. Um, and so, so that, that's really been fun too, to, to do the YouTube, the one minutes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it's fun for people to and get I'm to. I'm just learning about how to get them out there. You know? <laughs> well, and Kathy shares them on the Major League Eventers. She shares them on our group, mm-hmm. Major League Eventers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that was cool. That's how I actually found you guys. Cause 
that that's not good that I should be saying this. But um, I was like, oh, Major League Avengers, they might want to know about this too. So I that's how I share them on your page too. No, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. what I, I need community. to share them on more pages. But yeah, well, it's, yeah, that's what it's the, there our for. Our community is there for people who are eventing fans to share. I know and, that's and, so awesome. That's yeah. why I love it. Yeah. So it's the whole the whole essence of it. Yeah. You know, it's a community. Yeah. It's not yeah. it's not it's not just about major league eventing. It's a community group. And that's mm-hmm. why we appreciate when people like you share things like that. And it's educational and helpful awesome. and we love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can like, yeah, no, I don't think so, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one other that's thing not the I, way I do it. <laughs> one thing I really appreciate yeah. is that, you know, you're an ICP level four instructor and then you actually did a yeah. one minute with Kathy about getting your first day in CPR training, which is a big kind yeah. of mission of ours. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that um, to me, that's um, so I will say that if a rider falls off, I would rather go to the horse than the rider. But um, because I'm more comfortable with that, but uh, getting that training, uh, I feel much more confident in. And I have had a situation where I had to clear a person's airway. And mm. yeah, and it was not fun, but I knew how to do it. And I felt really comfortable yeah. with it. So, yeah. so mm. yeah. Our, we always uh, we always like to plug our good friend Tom Coulter yeah. for that stuff. So yeah. Tom Coulter, yeah. if anyone, yeah. if anyone knows Tom, but um, he's great. And Tom did our first aid CPR training, and then like two weeks later, I had a heart attack. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it didn't have to he fix laughs, me up. So I didn't have to. Funny. I didn't have to be. You know, I was I was perfectly okay. I wasn't like in need of attention. But it just goes to show that when you think it can't happen to you, or you think your your world right, is exactly. not right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Someone bumps their head For out sure. on a trail ride. Whether you're a trail rider. Or, or you're just riding at home. I mean, anything yeah. can happen. Accidents anything happen. can happen. Anything yeah. can happen at any time, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and I appreciate you doing that one minute because it, it does not enough people talk about that part of. The, I'll re I'll rebroadcast that one. Yeah, that yeah. was what my friend said. Said you need to republish some of these. So uh, I'm going to start doing that. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. That'd be awesome. It. All right. So Kathy, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play quick fire questions quick fire questions oh no (laughs) (laughs) and this quick fire questions is brought to you by taylor harris insurance services so it's five questions and you don't have to you don't have to be quick but we do grade you at the end (laughs) (laughs) all right your favorite rider growing up um mark uh no uh ian stark Oh, very good. Good answer. Yes, yes. Very good answer. So if they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Ooh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That's a really good one. Uh Meryl Street. Oh, that's a good one. Good answer. I yeah. see it too. Yeah. It too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you she ha- can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Do you have any hobbies outside of horses? Yeah, my drumming, my music. Yeah. 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 The Corona yeah. tunes. Corona we didn't get to Corona that, tunes. Yeah. Corona <laughs> tunes. If you're friends with yeah. Kathy on Facebook, you're lucky enough to watch the Corona yes. tunes. Yes. And and actually, yeah. and that's why we only have. 15 minutes on the dot to wrap this right. up because <laughs> Corona Tunes starts in 30. Okay. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Favorite event to attend? Uh, the Kentucky three-day event. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. excellent. Excellent. All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? What if it's one I've already ridden? Yeah, that's good. That, can, yeah. Yeah. Mur- Murphy himself. Oh, oh you wrote Murphy himself. Him. We've actually Pretty had awesome. a couple Murphy yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty cool. How'd you yeah. get there? How'd you ride Murphy himself? Because I was working, I went as a working student for Ian Stark for uh, a few months when my parents lived in England and I went over there with my horses and uh, was a working student for him for two or three months in uh, in in the spring yeah and i got to ride him it was pretty fun wow very cool i was told not to pick up the reins going down the hill or you get down there faster than you <laughs> wanted to i thought okay i i know how to follow instructions there we yeah. go. well karen yeah. a plus plus a plus plus <laughs> kathy you survived <laughs> <laughs> she survived she, uh, she knocked it out of the park karen 
Of course. <laughs> so this is the question I'm so excited to hear the yeah, answer. Yeah. So, Kathy, do you have any advice for an aspiring young rider trying to make it in the sport? Where do I start? Uh, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, I think um, I think the advice is you've got to work hard. Uh, no, okay. You have to work hard, but you can't let yourself be abused. And I see that. I see uh, or have seen uh, professionals, in my opinion, abuse kids in the, in the sense of working long hours, not giving them lunch. I mean, I went through it too. And it's like, you have to really show up. You have to uh, be have attention to detail. Um, be honest. If you forgot to do something, say you forgot to do something. Someone is going to be have respect you more than having you try to. Oh man, I blew it. So I'm going to try to fudge this. Don't do that, kids. Um, and uh, and just it's just hard work. And I think that. Um, that a lot of kids these days don't realize the work that it takes. And, you know, always smile, always be friendly. If someone, you know, says something that you're not comfortable with, just suck it up. You know, if, if you're the kid and they're the adult, um, you know, sometimes it happens that way. I think that uh, some of these kids these days get a little righteous and, well, I told you that. And the other huge thing is pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. You cannot rely on text or email. If you have a physical conversation with someone that goes so much further than it does the text and the uh, emails are not bad, but, but the texting to me is a cop out of um, actually being face to face or having a phone conversation with somebody. And I think I know I'm, you kind of threw that at me and now I'm like, you can edit this as much as you want, but, but I think that is huge. Um, I think that people rely on texting to avoid confrontation. And then when text happens and it's not heard correctly, then there becomes a confrontation. Right. And, um, and this is in your life. And I kind of joke, you know, with my kids, this is your life lesson for today, you know, blah, 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 whatever I said. <laughs> but but it, I think it's important. And I think that the world has changed with obviously all the technology that we have and the iPhones and the, you know, the stupid watch. I mean, you know, the, what are you looking at the time? No, you're looking at a 10 and you stop it, you know. Um, when you're on your horse, you, you need to focus on your horse. That's just what my mom told me. She said, you're only with your horse an hour a day. And this was before we had you know cell phones. But you're only with your horse an hour a day. You give him that attention and not talking about your boyfriends or what went wrong at school or something else. So you can kind of roll that into something if you want. No, <laughs> oh, that's I love great. It. Yeah, I, love it. No, I, it's, I, I, I hate the text thing. If you want to text, use the text to say, hey, can you talk? You know, hey, can you right. talk? You know, exactly. You know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I sent somebody a text right before we got started. I said, when can we talk tomorrow about blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Me trying to put it all out or it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, no I'm yeah. with you. A lot of it's lost in translation with the words and everything. Mm -hmm. True. So, yeah. So try to keep on track, but wind this thing down, Karen. Yeah. Because Kathy's got some hot, some hot. Got some music to, to me. To <laughs> and I'm just going to say this really quick before the very end. It would be really cool to have. Maybe one song dedicated to Major League Eventing tonight. Just, I don't know. I'm just I'll asking. I'll just do that. Uh, <laughs> I will totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. So tune in to Friday nights, yeah. last Friday. Uh, I, I, it's so shameless to ask for a shout out. But hey. <laughs> no, you're good. It's all, you know, I used to do that at the beginning. Um, I, you know, I wear a hat, you know, this shout out to Succeed or Tribute or and now this is O'Connor event team or whatever. I, you know, like I would kind of dedicate the night to, and then I ran out of things to dedicate and then it just kept going. So I was like, okay, here's my list tonight. This, this is what we're doing. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Well, speaking yeah. of, speaking of sponsor supporters, people, do you want to shout out the sponsors or supporters that you? Well, know? yeah. I mean, uh, tribute equine nutrition. They've been amazing. Sherry Graham, Melissa drew there. They're awesome. Um, black country saddles with Patty Murley. Amazing. 
succeed to digestive conditioning, they have been with me for uh, several years. Um, and uh, Mickey Ballou with Equisilver is another huge uh, sponsor uh, of mine. And um, I'm probably missing one of them, but um, I'll roll back and I'll text it to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, they, um, those people have been with me for a long, oh, Guardian, Guardian Bedding, Claire and John. And John used to drum for Cheap Trick. And so every oh, time he so watches, cool. yeah, he used, every time he watches Corona Tunes, he's like, you got to do a Cheap Trick song. Oh my and gosh, I, was like, I love I'm Cheap not, Trick. I know. Well, I'll do that. I They're not on the list. I'll do it tomorrow night. Okay. Um, Surrender is my but favorite But every time song. he says that to me, I'm like, I'm under pressure. You know, I don't know if I can show up here, but it's all good. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Guardian Tribute, Patty Murley, Black Country Saddles, Equisilver, um, and Succeed. They've been with me for a long time. They're awesome wow. people. Things yeah. you learn on the show. Know, the owner right? of Guardian used to drum for Cheap Trick. Right, yes. That is so awesome. What's 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 their name? Who what is it? Who is it? John Brandt. John used to. Yeah. John and he's married to Claire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. I'm <laughs> to meet him. I know. I love cheap trick. You love probably him. already met him. <laughs> I know. That's it. We're making a phone call. I know. So, there you go. Exactly. So as we wind things down, if people want to follow along the business, if they wanna, you know, ha- what's the different ways people can follow along in, in the YouTube and all that? Yeah. So, um, uh, wait, say that question again. How do Sorry. people follow you? Like do, do you have the, the business? Yeah. Website? I'm on Facebook. So Kathy, we So the deal is the, the, how you spell my last name. It's W I E S C H H. Okay. Go to cweventine.com. Um, that will pull up who I am, my webpage and my Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. And awesome. then you'll they'll link you to the YouTube thing. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. The YouTube's fantastic. All good. Oh, Kathy, this is fantastic, yeah. wasn't it? This is great. It? So now we get to, once we, we wrap this, once we wrap this up, then we get to turn on YouTube or Facebook and watch you jam out. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's all good. This is fantastic. Yeah. Karen, was this a this lot of fun? This was great. Kathy, yeah, we thank gotta you so much. Meet up with you soon. Yeah, we hope to meet you soon. Well, thank you. Thanks for working with me with the time. I was like, oh my God, these people are coming in from Nashville. Like we were supposed to do it. So yeah, uh, you guys are awesome. It's all no. good. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, you guys. Take you care. Too. Thanks a bunch. All right. Thank you. Major League Eventers rock. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers. <laughs>